This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. My guest today is a peak performance expert. He likes to help people be empowered on how to design a world-class life. So if that's something you're interested in, you're in the right show. Alan Lazarus, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to talk about productivity, what, what we talked about in the preamble here. And again, I think the most important piece here is that you got to treat yourself like an Olympic athlete. If you want Olympic athlete level results in your life, you're going to have to, you know, if you want to do something remarkable, you're going to have to have remarkable systems, remarkable habits, remarkable focus. And I think that's what we're going to try to hone in on today. Yeah. And, you know, I've been doing a lot of talking about that, as I know you do all the time. One of the things I have created, and it's certainly nothing new under the sun for me, but I call it my O-Day method. And it stands for outsource, delegate, automate, and eliminate. And what I tell people to do, because people are keeping things in their head and they're trying to justify and tell themselves stories. But I said, if you write down everything you do for like two, four days, and then go through that list and go, okay, what of these can be outsourced? What can be delegated? And the big thing is in 2020, and as we go into 2021, what can be automated? And most importantly, I think, is what can be eliminated. If you go through that exercise, you have a lot of time left over to work on what you need to work on. But here's the key. When you get rid of that stuff, you can't fill it with crap because you talked about you know, doing important work. You can't fill it with other non-important stuff. So the, the if you're not going to go do both parts of the exercise, get rid of the stuff and then fill it with important stuff, then I wouldn't even do the exercise to begin with. So that's something I teach my clients with. What do you think about that? Yeah. So, well, first, Mark, real quick, if you don't mind, do my waves look healthy on the audio file? Because your waves look a lot healthier than mine. Don't worry about it. Um, we can fix it in post-processing. Don't worry about it. Okay, awesome. All right, so to answer your original question and what we had talked about on the preamble a little bit here is in the absence of important work, everything seems essential. Mm. And so the, the principle here that I'm sure you've talked about countless times and I know I have is the Pareto principle, which is 20% of the things that go in are responsible for 80% of your results and figuring out what those essentials are. Now, what you're talking about is a time audit. So if you're going to do a time audit and you're going to look at your week or your previous few days and then figure out where are you spending your time and then you eliminate, automate, delegate, or procrastinate the unimportant things, but then fill it with more junk, that's not very useful. So the first step is figure out where you're spending your time. Uh, on our team, we have a Next Level University team. We just actually, we have nine people now. And what we do is we do a time audit of everybody's time and what it's four-step process. Number one, figure out exactly what you do in a given week. Number two, estimate to the best of your ability how many hours per week that's taking you. Number three, figure out what you can eliminate. In other words, it's inessential, not making consistent progress towards your goals. What you can automate. In other words, what you can require help for and or hire help for. Procrastinate, meaning just kind of put it on the back burner and, and let it kind of ride in the background. It's one of those things you don't want to forget it because it does have to get done eventually, but it's not urgent and it's not important. So eliminate, automate, delegate, procrastinate. Automate is the one that I forgot to mention, which is basically like if you can automate a process, there's a lot of awesome software out there that can do a lot of things for you. Um, and that's really the, the equation for success. I think one thing that's interesting here is if you are a business owner, and I know a lot of your listeners are, it's almost like you got to figure out what is your genius zone. And most likely it's it's growing the business. 
And if you focus all of your time and energy on only the top leverage points that grow your business, then you can hire people to do the other things that are kind of around that. And the better you grow the business, the more money you make, the more profitable you are, the more people you can hire. And then you can hone in even more on your genius zone, which then gives you leverage, which then gives you more profitability, which then lets you hire even more people. And so on our team, we all have an acorn. Now the acorn is, okay, what is, what is the champion of this part of our business? So our business model, we have these certain pillars that need to be important, um, as a podcast business, we have this uh, actually 13-point podcast assessment that goes through all of the basically most important parts of growing a podcast. And we make sure there's a champion of each one of them. Now, what a champion means is that means it's your responsibility to grow this spoke on this wheel. Now, the center of the wheel is listens. And so that's kind of what we do is we do a time audit kind of every week to make sure that everyone's more and more and more honed in on their genius zone, what the the, the effort that they're championing. And what I, what I always tell people to do is if you don't know how to outsource something, there's this tremendous search engine called google.com and you can type in, how do I outsource thus and such? How do I automate? And to your point, there's a lot of software and processes out there and don't try to reinvent the wheel. Someone's already created the system for you. You just have to find it. And that's where Google comes into it. Now, something else I will tell people to do is don't go so hard on yourself when you're doing, I call it time tracking. You call it time auditing. Same thing. The end result's the same. You know, if you are watching too much television at night, don't get hard on yourself because that's not going to solve the problem. What's going to solve the problem is you recognize, wow, I'm watching seven hours of TV a night. Mm, that can't be good. And then you figure out ways to watch less TV and do something else. What I see a lot of people do is it's almost like they're punching themselves in the face and they're berating themselves. And I say, that's not solving the problem. I think the first step you need to do is recognize you have a problem. And that's what the time audit does. It lets you bring it out because remember what I said a few minutes ago, when you keep the stuff in your head, you can tell yourself stories or you can justify, well, I'm not watching that much football on Sunday, or I'm not watching that much Netflix. But when you write it down, then it becomes real. Then you can start making changes. I couldn't agree more. I think it's so important to write it down. And again, the first piece to positive change, like you mentioned there, is awareness, becoming aware of it, accepting it, and then figuring out what are the tiny tweaks I can make to at least improve this. I think the important piece here with the time audit that I forgot to mention is that I, if you want to see what someone really values, it, it basically comes down to where you're spending your time and where you're spending your money. Mm. We spend money on things we value. We spend our time on things we value. And so where the time audit, when you do it, there's 168 hours in a given week if you sleep eight hours a night, right? So 16 times seven, I believe is 168. So out of the 168 hours, oh no, I'm sorry, 24 times seven, I believe is 168. You sleep eight hours a night. So even in this audit, do sleep. Figure out if you do six hours a night, six times seven, right? 49. So when you do the time audit though, and you have it all in front of you, all you're trying to do is say, okay, am I spending my time congruent with what I really value? And if not, why not? And then how can I get more percentage, more percentage, more percentage closer to my truth, which is my alignment with the actual life I want to live? And that's the important part, because if you don't want to become a quadrillionaire, if you don't want to have a podcast, write a book, if you just want to get through 
you know, your day and come home and binge watch. If that makes you happy, I love how Gary Vaynerchuk puts this. Just aim for happiness. So if you just want to work the bare minimum hours, well, you're probably not listening to this podcast, but go with me here. Then if that makes you happy, then do that. Okay. What Alan is talking about is if you want to go to the next level, he is a peak performance coach. If you want to go to the next level, there's certain things you have to do. And the time audit is just one tool, but the importance of writing it down, it cannot be overemphasized. One of the things I recently went back to about six weeks ago, Alan, is I went back to the bullet journal. The reason why I love the bullet journal is it forces me one to slow down. When I was doing things on my iPhone, whether a calendar or a to-do or a journal entry, I was just like subconsciously doing it. I wasn't even paying attention. But when I started using the bullet journal, it forced me to slow down. And when you slow down, you can actually think. And because you don't have an app for your to-dos, if you're writing the same task over and over and over again, after a couple of days, you're like, okay, am I really ever going to do this task? Because I don't want to keep writing this thing over and over again. So I found for me a big tool in my productivity toolbox is the bullet journal. Do you bullet journal or don't do you use a paper journal like that? So I don't do a paper one. My assistant and I have an iCloud notes <clears throat> where basically I have my to-dos and her to-dos and we have a rating system as well. So my to-do list on iCloud and I can actually access it on my computer as well. So I don't have to pull out my phone if I don't want to because my laptop is set up with very little distraction. Um, my phone isn't quite as set up, although it still is. Um, so anytime I need to do something and I don't want to forget it, I jot it on that to-do list. Now on that to-do list, every couple days, I'll look at it and then I have a rating system from zero to 10 in terms of urgency and importance. And then once per week, actually twice per week with my assistant, she actually on the phone with me while I'm on, I call it windshield time while I'm in the car, her and I have a team huddle. And she goes through my to-do list and then anything she can do for me, she does. And so that's where I capture all of mine. But I couldn't agree more. When you have something sitting there that has been there for a month, right? All of a sudden, it, and here's what I do as well. When I have my to-do list, not only do I rate it from zero to 10, but then I put the tens at the top. And so I have to scroll all the way down to see the threes, the twos, the fives, right? And so when there's a five that's been on there for months and months and months, I lower it to three. Eventually, it's I look at the twos, threes, and fours, and I literally eliminate most of them. I end up just being like, honestly, I don't want to do this. There was this one thing that came in recently. Someone wanted feedback on a podcast interview not long ago, and it was this big survey. And I just said, Alan, y you, you can't do that. You, you, not you can't do that. It would be nice to do that, but honestly, you have too much important work to, to be doing that randomly when there's so much other stuff that really does need to get done to support your team, your mission, you know, and your contribution to the world. So I think that the key is to have a system where you're consistently and sustainably eliminating the things that really are just inessential. But I think it's also important to have a system that does create somewhat of a catch-all so that things don't slip through the cracks of things that you really do need to get done, but maybe they're not quite as urgent. Hey there, it's Mark, and I will coach you for less than $2 a day, plus give you access to a group coaching call every single month. For more information, visit MrProductivity.com. Yeah, I think that's one of the problems I see a lot of people have with to-do lists. I have a client that he does the right thing. He puts everything on the to-do list. That's great. But then the to-do list keeps getting larger and larger and larger because nothing's coming off the to-do list. And so 
he's doing one thing right, but he's not doing the other thing, but everything needs to be done. I'm like, well, listen, something's got to give here because you can't just putting, keep putting water in the bucket because the bucket's going to eventually overflow and that overflow could be a meltdown for you. It could cause you any kind of physical issues, mental issues. And so I, you do need to capture those ideas because they won't stay in your mind forever, but you just can't put them on a to-do list and think magically something's going to happen. Whether you have a teammate or not, it doesn't matter. You have to address those to-do lists, but I see people doing it all the time. They only go halfway. They capture it and that's where the, the to-dos die. Well, the list will just keep getting bigger and bigger. You know, I think the idea that you can get it all done as an entrepreneur or even a business person or even someone in corporate, the idea that you can get it all done, I think is not true. I just, th there's never going to be a time where you or I, Mark, are like, okay, I'm good now. I'm done. My, <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it, that doesn't exist, right? So I think it needs to be a rolling funnel of what are the most important essentials and then as you know, that adapts as time changes, right? So for example, you know, today I, I have certain things scheduled and I have certain to-dos that I think are most important, my MVPs, most valuable priorities. But then all of a sudden, Kevin audios me, Kevin's my co-host, and he says, hey man, I need the EIN. You're going to be in the studio today. Do you mind, you know, double checking our legal Zoom and, and finding that EIN so I don't have to give my social when, I, when we pay our employees? So it's just okay, that became urgent. Why? Because he has to pay our employees today, right? And so that I did instead of some of the other stuff I was going to do because it came up. But luckily, I have a high degree of awareness of what are my MVPs and what is most important. And I think that this is a skill that you exercise, right? Because like I said, it would be so nice for me to give that person feedback. That survey, they did a survey monkey and sent it to me. It would be really nice to do that. It's, it's just not even close to as important as all this other work that I need to do. And I think to myself all the time about these, these business owners like, you know, like a Jeff Bezos or, or, you know, a Mark Cuban. It's like, how do they prioritize their time? You know, it's like, how are they? I guarantee you they have the, the idea that a Mark Cuban or a Jeff Bezos could quote unquote get it all done is, is absolute nonsense. I think it's a, a consistent and sustainable system where you're almost always pruning the rose bush. I, I personally believe that, that that analogy of like a rose bush that is well pruned and ready to flourish in the spring actually looks kind of ugly and it's, it's kind of barren, but then it really does flourish. My girlfriend has a purge that she does once a year around this time and, and she basically just kind of goes into recluse for a while and reevaluates her entire life and, and decides which, which persons, places, things, and ideas are most congruent with who she is now, not who she was last year. And I think that all of us need to have a consistent sort of weekly, monthly, quarterly, yearly process to be consistently doing the most important things as we grow and evolve. I, I agree with that. And one of the things that I have begun putting in my schedule is breathe time. Now, I don't mean meditation, although it could be part of my component, but I will not schedule every minute of the day. I'm a big fan of the 50-10 Pomodoro technique. So I have an alarm on my Apple Watch. It goes off at 50 minutes past the hour. That's my reminder to get up, walk around, go outside, throw the ball with the dog, walk around the block. I don't, I'm not a fan. I know some people do. I know some people, they plan their days from 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. and they're going all day long. That doesn't work for me. I like 
time where, hey, listen, I'm just going to take an hour for lunch. And some productivity guys say, oh, you should never take an hour for work. You should always be productive. Well, that's for you. I can tell you I'm very productive and I allow myself to have time to read during the day, especially when I found out like Mark Cuban and Tony Robbins and Elon Musk are avid readers. Well, they don't read five minutes here and there. They schedule time to read. So reading is very important in my day. Now, everyone's going to have a different schedule, but I think we need to, I think we agree on that you have to schedule the important things because if you don't schedule them, you're not going to do them. I think you and I are in alignment on that. Right. Yep. So do you, are you an avid reader or, or not? Yeah, absolutely. So for me, I do a lot of audiobooks. So my car is my classroom as long as I'm not on the phone. So typically two nights a week, I have a team huddle on my way home from the gym with my assistant. Every other time I'm in the car is windshield time. And windshield time, when I'm not on the phone, those two times, is learning books. I devour audiobooks. I, I was listening to The Compound Effect today uh, by Darren Hardy. I've read that book dozens of times. Again, I'm big on the fundamentals, and so I go back. I think reading creates the focal point necessary to, to keep the important things important. And so what I try to do is, is basically I try to read books based on what I believe matters most to me at that time in my life. So sometimes it's more spiritual books. Sometimes it's more productivity books. Uh, right now I'm reading several books. Uh, it wasn't long ago, actually, Mark, that I felt kind of like I needed to get to the next level and that I was kind of lackadaisical. And I just got a little frustrated with myself because I know I was capable of more. And so I bought five books. Uh, one of them was by Cal Newport. It's called Deep Work. I know you've read Oh, book. highly recommend. One of my favorite books, along with Digital Minimalism. Oh, I'm reading that now. Mark, I'm reading Incredible book. Now. It's such a good book. Oh, my goodness. So uh, both of his books. That's Cal Newport, both of them. Um, I also am reading Peak Performance. That's a book. I'm reading um, Digital Minimalism was one of the ones that I'm reading. I'm reading The Compound Effect right now. I'm also reading The 15 Invaluable Laws of Growth. I, I jump around a little bit, but... I'm reading usually anywhere from three to five books simultaneously, but they're all kind of around a certain area that I want to really improve in my life. So as you can tell, you know, lately, my, a lot of that is focused on performance. But when I start to, let's say that I have a really peak performing month and I feel really fulfilled in that area of my life, but maybe some other sides of my life need work. So for example, maybe I read The Power of Vulnerability by Brene Brown to improve my relationship, or maybe I'm, I'm reading fitness if, if I want that to improve. Um, and then the other piece that I'll do is I'll go to Wayne Dyer if I want to be more centered and spiritual. So I'm always picking my books and my reading based on what I believe is the, I, I have a holistic approach to my, my personal development. I basically pick the gaps that I think are happening because the way I see it is life comes down to health, wealth, and love. Health is physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. Okay. Wealth is how do you make your money? How much money do you make? And then most importantly, where do you invest it? And then love is friends, family, romance, colleagues, mentors, mentees, all the people in our life. And so those are the majors, in my opinion. And again, I want to major in major things. Uh, you know, you've probably heard that Brennan Burchard quote where he says, the most important thing is to keep the most important thing, the most important thing. But I, I think of health, wealth, and love as a tripod. And I try to grow each leg 
but the interesting thing about a tripod is that if any of the legs fall, the whole thing falls. So I think of fulfillment and happiness that way, right? So if my health falls, my wealth and my love don't matter. If my, if my health is crushing it and my business is crushing it, but my love life, my, my partner and I aren't fulfilled, then, then my happiness falls. So I try to figure out, I try to grow one leg at a time. Obviously right now it's peak performance. Um, my business, I'm leaning very heavy into business development right now. Um, we have a new business called Next Level Podcast Solutions where we help podcasters like yourself grow and scale their businesses. It's like, it's actually taking off, which is pretty awesome. But I know myself and I know I'll go all in on that. And then, you know, maybe I'll start noticing some things in my relationship or in my health that are taking a hit. Right now, I have noticed a little bit of the health side. And so then I'll, I'll readjust, I'll readjust. And I use books to answer your original question at, Books for me create focus. Focus creates improvement. One of the benefits of being a subscriber to my email newsletter is you get access to free weekly training from me. To sign up for my email newsletter, just go to mrproductivity.com. I love that. And I will tell you, I I love print books. I, I got into ebooks and audiobooks, and then my guests started sending me copies of their print books, and so I went back to print books. Now all I want to read is print books. And I used to listen to audiobooks when I go on my daily runs. I'm a daily runner. I've run over 1,200 days in a row. But then I read Think Like a Monk by Jay Shetty. And he said, when you run or walk or swim or shower with nothing around you, it is a form of meditation. So I decided an experiment that I'm going to start running every day without having my AirPods in. And I can tell you, I get so many awesome ideas because now my brain doesn't have to think about the words I'm hearing, whether it's a podcast or an audiobook. And I'm actually enjoying going out for, I walk the dog every day. I go for a run every day in complete silence. And I can tell you, like I said, I get so many great ideas for that. So if you're a uh, listener, if you're someone who usually goes out and you always have your headphones in. Try to go out without that plugged in and just put your phone on do not disturb or leave it home even better and and just be present. And I, I promise you, maybe not the first time, but the more times you do it, you're going to start getting these great ideas. It could be for a book, if it could be for a YouTube channel, a podcast, a blog post. It doesn't matter. These ideas are going to start coming to you because now you're not listening to someone else, though I think that's important. But I think being quiet is also just as important. I couldn't agree more. As a matter of fact, I've felt pulled to that recently because I am so often on and I'll always be listening to books or podcasts. And I'll, I'll, But I've recently um, really leaned into a quote that I've tried to live by. And this goes back to the R&R and the, the self-care that we talked about in the preamble, which is the silence between the, the notes is what makes the music. That's a dire quote that I believe in so deeply, right? If you're going to if you're going to train like an Olympic athlete, you have to also rest like an Olympic athlete. And I couldn't agree more that silence, what I'll literally do, um for me it's I I do put on sometimes a little bit of uh deep music. So there's a, a couple different playlists on Spotify I'll use. One of them's called Deep Focus, one of them's called Sleep, one of them's Peaceful Piano, and I'll just lay down flat on my back on the floor on a yoga mat. And I'll just lay down for 20 minutes and I'll have my AirPods in, which are noise canceling. And the volume on the music is very low, but I have unbelievable thoughts. And so that's been sort of my silence between the notes. So like after this podcast, for example, I will have a break in between this and my next scheduled event. 
And what I'll do during that break is that deep focus. And that's where I get my best ideas. But one thing I have been pulled to lately, because I've been taking a lot of walks lately, 20 minute walks, um, I think I'm going to start running, jogging. And I think what I'm going to try to do is not take my AirPods at all and just try to be out in nature. Because I feel like you're right. That's where you're going to get some incredible insights that you could call them downloads from a spiritual perspective. You can just talk about you know, your, your subconscious brain working for you in the background. And then all of a sudden it comes with this great insight. So yep. regardless of what you believe, I do believe that thinking time, especially when you're in a genius state exercising and your blood is pumping and your brain is full of endorphins. I feel like that's absolute fire. Yeah. And I will tell you something else I've learned by leaving the AirPods at home is birds chirp. I can hear the wind blowing through the trees. And now maybe the birds are giving me these ideas. I just thought of that. Maybe maybe because I don't have the AirPods and maybe the birds are actually chirping to me. I guess it'd be tweeting to me uh, the answers. But whatever it is, it's incredible. So um, again, great concept here. But what I want to do before we wrap up the episode is I want to flip the tables. I want to make you the host on the Mark Chuchowski podcast. And I want you to feel free to ask me one to two questions. Now, when I started doing this, a lot of my friends go, are you crazy? They could ask you anything. I'm like, that's part of the thrill. I'm one of these speakers, Alan, that I love Q&A. When I first heard Gary Vaynerchuk talk about his love for Q&A, I didn't know what he meant. But now when I when I used to speak before COVID, I love Q&A because I love people, number one, asking questions that they really want answers to. If you're doing a presentation, you really don't know what they're, what's on their heart unless they tell you. And so, and I love the thrill of it. I love the thrill of not knowing it. Some of my guests have stumped me. That's okay. Um, if I give a really bad answer, I just edit it out. Just no harm, no harm, no foul. So why don't you ask me one or two questions other than my social security number or credit card information that you'd like to know? It doesn't, it doesn't have to be product to be related. So it's the, the microphone's yours. Well, Mark, you just took my two questions, social security number and credit card. <laughs> Good man. I love that sense of humor. <laughs> um, okay. So one question I want to ask you, and I ask my coach, David Meltzer, this all the time, 10 years ago, okay. What is something that you implemented that has made the biggest difference for your life today? And it doesn't have to be productivity related, but like you think back where it was like five, 10 years ago, as many years ago, where you implemented this one idea, this one insight, this one habit, this one ritual, whatever it is. And it has just, you know, you know that this has made such a massive difference. Well, the the years kind of blend together. So I don't know when I actually started this, but I... I listened to a podcast from Michael Hyatt and he talked about the importance of reading the Bible every day. And I said, huh? So I went out and bought a, you know, a Bible in the year reading every day. And since I started reading the Bible, I've not missed a single day. That is the number one thing I do every day. So if Warren Buffett or Richard Branson or Gary Vaynerchuk came to my house, woke me out of bed and they say, we're going to take you on a worldwide trip around the world, I would say, I got to read my Bible first. That is the number one thing I've done. It has changed my life. My wife has told me that uh, I have become a better husband and a more calmer person. I'm not there yet. I've got a long way to go, but that has been instrumental in my life. Oh, I really appreciate that insight. That's super valuable. I think it really is the rituals that we do every day that make the biggest difference. And yes. So that's one of the go-to questions just because I feel like that's it's so obvious in hindsight, like, oh, okay, it was that, right? So here's another thing, another question that I want to ask you. All right, so in your circle of concern every day, obviously reading the Bible is in it. I always feel like if you want to know where someone's headed, headed, you have to know a couple things. One of them is what is in their circle of concern. 
So like right now, you and I don't really, we're not that worried about what Trump might tweet, right? There are some <laughs> Correct. who are concerned with that genuinely. And whenever I see that, I know they're not going to perform at their highest potential because it's just irrelevant, right? Um, so that said, what is in your circle of concern right now that you believe is is an absolute great focal point? And then more importantly, what has been in your circle of concern lately that you think you, you should probably get rid of because it's not helping you maximize your potential and your contribution? Well, my in my circle of concern right now is every listener, every follower I have on LinkedIn, because that's the only social media site I have, all my clients. I wake up every day, and I, I mean this sincerely. I'm not just saying this because it sounds cool. I wake up every day like a kid at Christmas. It's every day is a Christmas morning. Every day is a brand new present. I wonder who am I going to meet that day? What am I going to learn? What experiences am I going to have? And I just try to think of new ideas on how I can serve the people who are following me because they're giving me their time and attention. So that is a very big concern for me. And I'll be honest with you, some ideas that come up, they fall flat in their face. And I used to get upset over that. And I go, you know what? That didn't work. Just brush the side, try something new. And I think that's really important. Now, your other question, something I'm currently doing now that I, I need to stop doing, and I'm going to say this on my own podcast because I want people to hold me accountable, is I don't love my wife and treat my wife as my savior, Jesus Christ, as I should. And I don't think I would want to be, I know I wouldn't want to be treated the way I treat my wife. Now I don't beat her or berate her or cuss at her, but I don't love her the way I should love her because in my faith, it comes, it's Jesus and my wife. Nobody else gets in that order. And I fail her a lot and I, I tell her all the time, but I'm a work in progress. So that's something I really need to work on. And I've never shared that in my podcast before. So kudos to you for asking a very sensitive, but very thought provoking question of me. I really appreciate that answer and the vulnerability. And I think, you know, wanting to treat your wife even better is a wonderful thing because again, it's more percentage, more percentage, more percentage. We're never going to be like, oh, well, I'm done now. And I like that you said we're all a work in progress. I was, yes. I left the gym last night with my girlfriend, Emilia, absolute love of my life, my future wife, absolutely adore her. And I literally said, "What?" she turned to me and she said, another nail in the structure, because I always say that after our work. <laughs> and she was kind of like poking fun, but in a playful way. And uh, I said, yeah, we're all a project. We're all a project that we're, and I, the work that you do on yourself, I think is the most rewarding because you bring value to everyone in your life. And if you yeah. work on you, it, it's going to increase the value you can bring to everybody else. And I just really believe in that. So I really appreciate you, you admitting and owning and, and really setting the intention to do an even better job because not everybody does that. A lot of people are coasting rather than climbing. Oh, that is so powerful right there. They're coasting, they're on autopilot, they're settling. And, you know, when I first heard Gary Vaynerchuk say, you only get one life, it's true. You only get one life. And how do you, you know, people say, I want to leave a legacy. I'm working on leaving the legacy. Well, I'm like, that's great, but you need to live today the best way you can. And for me, that's in serving. I read, I'm sure you read Adam Grant's book, give or, give or take, you know, I'm definitely a giver. You know, I, I have done things for people and like, Oh, I'm supposed to pay for this. Oh yeah. I forgot about that because I wasn't about the money. I'm like, okay, I want to serve you. And a lot of times I sign contracts with people and I forget that it's about paying because I think if you make it about the money, if money is your driver, I don't think you're going to be happy because you're going to be chasing something. You're never going to be fulfilled. And so for me, 
I wake up every day. How can I serve my wife? How can I serve my clients, my listeners? That's what I am doing now. But Alan, I never, there was a time I didn't do that. There was a time where I thought the world revolved around me. And I think if we're honest, I think we all have that part of our lives where we think we are the center of the universe. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a big part of maturity for anyone when you realize, oh, that's right. If I look at the successful people, they're givers, they're, they help people, they serve people and look how successful they are. And I think it's going to take everyone their own time to get to that point in their lives. Mm. I heard a, a quote, I forget where it was, but it, it really impacted me. You have go-getters and then you have go-givers and yes. then you have grow givers. Mm. And I think that middle ground, right? Because if all you do is grow, but never give, you're going to be selfish. But if all you do is give but never grow and pour into your own cup, you're going to be a martyr. Yep. And so I think it's really important. I, I like it. It's like you have, we were taught to be a go-getter, and we tried that, Mark. <laughs> and then we were unfulfilled, right? And then we tried to be a go-giver instead, and then we ended up broke and serving everybody else, not ourselves. And now we're a grow-giver, right? And I think that that's where it's not just impact. It's also profitability. And I think that's where real maturity lies. It's 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 the the dance between you know, making sure that it's a win-win. Uh, and, and one thing I say to the team all the time, the Next Level U team, is if it's not a win-win, it's a lose. So I want yes. this to be a win for you just as much, if not more, than it is for us. And if it's not aligned, that's okay. Let's talk about it and let's realign it. And if it, if it filters out, that's okay. We're still going to be friends. Awesome. Well, I think that's a perfect place to end the episode talking about grow givers. So listener, Think about which you are, and if you're not a girl giver, work on it. You can do this. So, Alan, the final question I have for you is where can we go find out more about you? So if you go to nextleveluniverse.com. So the podcast is called Next Level University, spelled exactly like it sounds. We kind of do the play on words of Next Level U because it's about growing you, right, which is pretty cool. Um, and then the website is Next Level Universe. Dot com. You can go to either of those, reach out anytime. I'm on Instagram, Facebook. I'm also on LinkedIn, as you know. Please reach out between me and my assistant. We get back to everybody. And again, I think it really comes down to, I think this world will be a better place when all of us grow more and give more. And we are all a work in progress. And I just want to help people on that journey. Excellent. Thank you so much for being on the show today, sir. Thank you so much, Mark. Appreciate you. And just before we go, don't forget to head on over to my website, mrproductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com. Find out how I can coach you for less than a dollar a day. No joke. And also, you can get my top five productivity tips and so much more. It all happens at mrproductivity.com. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchowski Podcast. Until we meet again, my friend, go be productive.